The Diesel Performance Podcast contains explicit language. Thank you for joining us again. This is Paul Wilson, and you're listening to the Diesel Performance Podcast. Big news at Duramax Tuner this week. Stell 64 price drop. Uh, LB7 turbos went from $1,850 down to $1,500 map pricing. The VVT stuff came down from $2,150 to $1,800. The LML Stell 64 went from $2,450 down to $2,150. It is amazing. You're able to pick up this same high-quality charger built in the United States by United States uh, citizens for such an affordable price. Uh, also, the Cummins Stell 64 for your 03 to 0759, now a market price low leader. In other words, that is the lowest price you can get on a 64-millimeter Drop in HE 341 or 351. Those are just 1350. Make sure you get a hold of Duramax Tuner or Calibrated Power right away if you're looking for a Stell 64. Snag one of these up before they're off the shelf. 815-568-7920. It is really exciting stuff. I literally I got the email last night. I was randomly checking emails. I saw it, and I was excited for how many people were going to be able to help out with turbos here. Um, Chris is not with me today, in case you had not already noticed. He was a little bit tied up on the phones, and we wanted to get rolling here because we don't want to miss an episode for you guys. Uh, this week from Facebook, we actually had Sam Mitch Mitchellfelder. Sam Mitchellfelder? I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. Wrote into us, said, hey guys, first off, I want to say I'm a huge fan of the show. I'm needing someone's opinion on my 04 Sierra three-quarter ton LLY Duramax. I recently bought a 40-foot fifth-wheel camper, and the truck has a mild bully dog tow tune on it. My problem is when I'm out on the interstate doing 75, my EGTs are around 1,200 degrees, and any little hill, and they jump up to 1,500, so I'm forced to let out of the pedal. The truck doesn't run hot anywhere anywhere else but right there. Any help would be greatly appreciated. Now, I've already replied back to Sam to let him know there's a couple of things I would recommend on this truck. Number one, ditch the box programmer. With a box programmer, they're only changing five, maybe 15 parameters. They're advancing fuel, they're advancing timing, and they're making your throttle more sensitive. That's like the big three components that every box programmer does. Unfortunately, even their tow tunes, although are only 40 or 50 horsepower, they're not actually designed for towing. They're just designed to create another 40 or 50 horsepower, and that should be okay for towing. His truck, obviously, it's not. So there's a couple of possibilities. Number one, we switch over to custom tuning like a spade jack uh, with EFI live tuning on it from Duramax Tuner. Run the heavy tow tune. That has a DSP-5 operating system, which allows five completely different tunes to be built and you can switch through the tunes as you're driving the tow tunes are specifically designed to lower egt and have better egt management the other message that i sent to sam was take a look at your intake system do you have the stock turbo horn so right on the mouthpiece of the turbo there's a small s-shaped horn or inlet that creates a low pressure pocket in front of the turbo upgrading to like an smb turbo mouthpiece will immediately help with EGT control, spool up, and total boost. Or you can go to like an LBZ intake. Now, all of this advice is assuming that the truck is healthy. And there is a possibility with it being this old of a truck that it's just simply not healthy. So the most common would be a boost leak. 
So, Sam, if you have a lot of smoke output and you have high EGTs and your fuel mileage has been dropping, chances are we need to jump onto the Duramax Tuner YouTube channel and watch that video about boost testing your Duramax. That's going to show you how to break off the hot side intercooler pipe and pressurize the whole charged air system so we can find out where it actually is leaking boost from. Uh, all of those are possibilities. And then, of course, if we need to go further into it, we could go further into it and start to look at, like, are we holding rail pressure? Do we have any other issues or are there any other problems that would be causing this type of a spike? Speaking of good EGT management for you LML owners out there, you're going to want to strongly consider the WC Fab LML Air Intake Bundle. This is the complete intake system. So everywhere the air or boost travels, they're upgrading the piping on. And that's what's really nice is you're getting something that can breathe easier, something that can pull in and compress more cold air and move more air through the system. That's going to result in lower EGTs, quicker spool up, more peak power. So definitely consider that. Uh, you can reach WCFAB at any time. Just jump on their website, WCFAB, WCFAB.com. Another good match for these and another good match for Sam, if it does come down to being an injector issue or even a pump issue, we're going to want to consider some sportsman injectors. Of course, those are just your mild 10%, slightly modified overstock. Don't even need a remap for them. However, if you're looking for big power and you're getting into a pump situation, you're going to be talking about that Exergy 14-millimeter pump. Uh, Chris and I have been going over this for the last few weeks. This is a bad motherfucker. And I think that's the best way to describe the 14 mil pump from Exergy. Something that still nobody has found what peak capacity is on the single pump. We know that it's over 1,100 horsepower. It fits into the factory location. Uh, so it's a nice, clean install. And it's capable of big, big power from an extremely well-known and reputable company. So we know it's going to be reliable. With all of that aside, I'm really excited for today's guest. He's got a 1953 Chevy with a Duramax in it, so you know it's near and dear to our hearts. Jeremy Schultz, how the hell are you? Good, man. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Not a problem. Jeremy, I had caught your truck on Facebook. It's been getting just a ton of attention. It has this beautiful uh, kind of a forest green paint job to it. And the, the engine bay just looks absolutely immaculate. But to be honest, I was just scrolling my feed, and I happened to have the sound on, and I accidentally clicked a video with your truck running. And all of a sudden, I'm looking at it, and I'm going, holy fuck, that's a diesel. And then you come around to, like, the front of the truck, and you can actually see the Duramax in it. It is, it is an impressive-looking truck, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Not a problem. Uh, before we get too far into today's episode and start asking you about the truck and the build itself... How'd you get your start in diesel performance? Uh, started out, uh, had a old first gen Cummins that I bought off of my brother's friend and kind of went from there. Uh, I got a good buddy that owns a local diesel shop to us and, uh, he's been helping me a lot throughout, you know, my build and all my other diesel vehicles I have. Okay. Okay. So you've been doing this for a while then, huh? Yeah. Probably since I was 18, 19. Oh, around there. Okay. I bought, uh, I bought the first gen. I'm 32 now, so a little bit. Gotcha. A day or two, we call it. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, give me a quick rundown of the build, man. What do you currently have on the truck? Uh, it's pretty basic build. Uh, 1953 Chevy. We uh, got the motor. Uh, kind of weird story. We got to pick the motor up pretty cheap from my buddy that owns the shop. Uh, Tore it all down, just uh, ARP head studs, 
new uh, head gaskets, set of Bosch reman injectors in it, uh, it's stock turbo, and uh, got some EFI live tuning by a uh, little guy, uh, Rick Fleets out of California. He helped me do a lot of the tuning issues I was having with on it. And uh, other than that, I mean, we have the the special Dan's Diesel Performance, uh, the two nickel build, I guess, as they're going to call it now, <laughs> uh, transmission in it. And uh, so we'll see how long that lasts. It's, it's been holding up so far, though. Gotcha. So, okay. Okay. You kind of put this thing together with a budget, huh? Yeah. Yeah, kind of. Uh, took me six years to build. Did it as as we had the money and stuff like that. And I'd work on it until I get pissed off and then let it sit for a couple months and then go back <laughs> on it again. Main reason why it took so damn long. Sure. Sure. No, I know how it goes. I mean, it's nice when you can have a hobby project where you don't have to get it done to drive to work, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was. I'm sure my wife hated it because, uh, she didn't have a parking spot in the garage for a long time, but <laughs> she got over it. Not like you could give up your own parking spot in the garage. Then where would you park? Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. No, I know I know exactly how that goes. All right, man. Um, so six years. Where where did you start on the project? You got the chassis first, I take it. Yeah. Uh, actually, the, the truck was my grandfather's. Uh, I picked it up off of him probably a year or so before he passed away. Uh, so I didn't get a chance to, you know, get it finished for him to see. But uh, it, uh, he, I didn't even know he had it. Apparently he had it down in his barn, and we went down and looked at it and ended up buying it off of him. It was pretty much a cab chassis, small block Chevy, and really about it. No <laughs> so shit. We pieced it together from there. What kind of condition was it in when you found it in the barn? Uh, I thought it was in decent shape, but the, the more <laughs> I dug into it, the the worse it was. Um, <laughs> he had got it; it just stuck in the barn. His health had gotten too bad; he couldn't work on it. So, and somebody had previous owner, I guess, had done some pretty shoddy uh, repair patch panels on it, and stuff like that. So, I spent a, a whole lot of time redoing sheet metal. No shit. Now, you, yeah. you did the body work yourself then? Uh, I did all the sheet metal work and then uh, contracted out the, the body and paint. Okay. Okay, gotcha. Sheet metal, Three man, that's a that's a lot of fucking time. That's a lot of fucking work, to be honest with yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, paint body guy had a little over 400 hours. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh. It's like, it's identical to our story with our 57 Apache, 56 Apache. Um, yeah. Like, literally, we got it, and we were like, score, this thing's in great condition. And then as soon as we took the first coat of paint off, we're like, ah, fuck. Yeah. Every time I got the grinder out, I was just pissed. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you cut shit out, and then there's more rust and everything else underneath. I mean, I guess it should be expected from a 60-plus-year-old vehicle, you know, but it just it really takes the wind out of your sail. I hear you, man. I hear you. You start off with one of these projects, and you're like, oh, a couple months. And then the next thing you know, it's it's a couple of years have gone by, right? Yeah. Yeah, I was really going like ball to the wall, trying to get it done before my grandfather's health declined anymore. And uh, Once I got so far into it, I'm like, there, there's no way in hell I can't. You know? And then he got diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, which there was, I knew there was no way in hell I was going to get it done then. Yeah. But then it was time to step back, do it the right way, quit rushing on it, and... uh Pretty happy with the way it turned out, though. 
Yeah, for sure. It looks slick as fuck. Um, what kind of problems did you run into besides just like the, the rotted out body? What did you have to customize on it to make this thing work? Uh, pretty much, well, I started out, it was going to be a uh, just twin turbo LS build. And then uh, when my buddy got that motor, we decided to cut everything back out start all over again so oh no we uh made our own motor mounts trans mount stuff like that down at the shop and uh then it started with pretty much bare frame when we did that then i spent next three four days trying to fit the cab around the damn motor so we had to cut the firewall back out recess that nine inches uh cut the floor back out redo the trans tunnel and then, then the cab was down on the frame. Uh, rest of it, modification-wise, wasn't terrible. I mean, we're running stock inner fenders in it, um, stock fenders, stock you know, rad support, everything. Everything fit very well for for what you know, a huge ass motor in a little little compartment. <laughs> so you actually put the Duramax and the Allison into the '53, not put the '53 body on a Duramax. Correct. Yeah, it's a stock 53 frame. Uh, that's been boxed front to rear. And then uh, we're running a uh, Ford 9-inch chrome housing, rear end in it, 40-spine axle, full spool, everything. So hopefully I don't have to worry about that. Rowdy. How's this thing feel on the street? Uh, it does pretty damn good. Uh, it's not crazy horsepower. You know, we're still stock charger and fuel. So... I mean, the truck weighs four hundred, or I'm sorry, four thousand pounds. But when you get into it, you know, you definitely feel it. It runs a hell of a lot better than my other LB7. I can tell you that. <laughs> okay, okay. How's the suspension and brake setup on it? Did you have to like get into that to upgrade that or to modify that, or are we still running the old '53 setup there? No, it's got a Mustang two front suspension under it uh, with uh, QA1 coilovers and 700 pound springs is the biggest springs they had Damn. and uh, ended up just rebuilding the whole front suspension all new AR stuff about a month ago I was having some issues I don't know if it was weight related or, or what yet but so far so good anyway okay okay um have you had it to the track? I mean, is, is this, because I saw a couple of pictures of, like, it in a parade and, and at a car show. Have we gotten out and, and really gotten a chance to abuse it? Not yet. Uh, no more than just beating it, you know, normally on the street. But uh, <laughs> I'd like to get it to the track one of these days, though, just to just kind of see what it does before I start. You know, I'd like to do bigger charging and stuff like that, but I want to get a baseline on it. Okay. Okay. What did you design the truck for? I mean, what was your thought of how am I going to use this thing once it's done? Uh, I wanted it to be something I can get out and drive and uh, not have to worry too much about how nice it is. And then, like I said, that all snowballed and ended up dumping a pile of money into it. But we we still get it out and drive it a lot and stuff like that and cruise the shows and stuff. Cool. So it, it does ride pretty good. gets great fuel mileage. So we just like to get it out and cruise around. That brings me right into my next topic, which is dumb questions I always get about cool builds. Um, when you do a build like this, you don't, like most guys, I should say, don't worry about miles per gallon, power, longevity. But everybody seems to ask me every time I show up in a cool build about those three topics. So let's go through it. 
What have you seen in it for, for miles per gallon? What have you been getting for fuel? Uh, the only time I really ever tracked it uh, was combined a little bit of highway and mostly cruising around and beating on it some. But the best I got out of it was uh, 27.8 miles a gallon. Whew, I'm going to call you a fucking liar. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Honestly, God, it's got 325 rear gears in it. I can cruise down a highway at 70, 70 mile an hour, 75 mile an hour, right around 2,000 RPM. Well, that thing's just light, too. What'd you say, 4,000 pounds? 4,000, 4, yeah. Oh, God, what a dream, man. What a blast. Okay, and then power. You said stock turbo, two nickel trans, 500 yep. horsepower. Do we got it turned up? Yeah, it's uh, got a pretty decent tune in it, and uh, the guy that did, it, that did the tuning, he's uh, he's got Duramax Swap Chevelle, um, and he said that the tuning he put on it, similar to what he ran, he estimated around 500, so like I said, I never had the dyno or anything like that, so we can call it 500, and plus or minus, you know. Yeah, I mean, standard built trans tunes, if you're maxing out your stock turbo, 520 yeah. horsepower right when you're ready to go up we can help you max out your fuel system now instead of that costing you 1850 you can do it for 1500 bucks might look into that still 64 drop in replacement look at that found a duramax tuner doing a drop in on it because i don't really want to get into redoing all my charge piping and intercore piping and everything else so yeah no absolutely i mean honestly too it's like if you're going to get into it and you take it over 650 you got to build the motor and to be honest with you, I mean, I'm only running, I'm running a 275 rear tire, but the thing hooks pretty damn good for what it is. And I, I don't want to get in twisting everything up too. And yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I can afford to build a motor right now. Well, it, it's a two wheel drive setup, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, you start getting into four length suspension and everything else, then you start losing that that driver factor you know that like hey i can throw it on the street and fuck around whenever i want it's kind of always gets stiff once you get into that racing setup whereas in a drop-in lets you kind of have the best of both worlds yep yeah definitely definitely want to look into that for sure okay and then the one everybody asked me about and there's no real way to answer it is longevity like how long do you expect it to last well i'd imagine you're like me and don't have a crystal ball so there's no real way to answer that but have you had any concerns or any problems with it so far since it's been together uh, not really, other than uh, limp the trans a bunch of times, beating the piss out of it. But uh, I mean, if I had to ask my wife, she said she'd probably say it better last forever. But, uh, <laughs> that shit probably ain't going to happen. <laughs> you know you know how it is. You, know, you get shit together, and you're like, oh, man, this thing runs pretty damn good. And then you get used to it, and then it's time to turn it up a little bit more and turn it up a little bit more. And then next thing you know, you got other shit breaking, or you start exceeding the, exceeding the limits of your chassis or fuel or whatever. So. I don't want to get too crazy with it because uh, I don't know. I just I, I like it now the way it is though because it's a it's a fun driver and uh, but I wouldn't mind a little bit more power out of it for sure. Yeah, yeah, I hear you there, man. I mean, what's the point of having limits if you're not going to push them? Yeah, that's right. It's like <laughs> why have a wife if there's nobody to bitch at me? Um, no, but for <laughs> okay, one of the things we do see on a lot of the swaps is wiring. Uh, wiring either in a rat's nest or really, really nicely professionally done. There doesn't seem to be any middle line here. Where do, where did you fall on the wiring? How did it go? What were the biggest challenges with it? Uh, biggest challenges. Well, I'm an electrician by trade, so wiring is kind of my my thing. And I, I try to make it as nice as I can, um, but. Uh, 
I had a standalone harness kit built by a company I'd probably rather not say because I wouldn't really to impress the quality of it once I got it. Um, but I didn't have anything to start with, and their price on a standalone kit was what I would have had to pay for a whole harness and everything. So I figured if it works, I'm not out any money. So ended up redoing some of their work, and then I had to extend the harness eight feet to get the ECM and TCM into the cab under the seat. But other than that, that was the biggest hurdle of, you know, cutting everything apart, labeling it, and a whole lot of soldering and recrimping and putting new ends on and shit. Other than that, it's pretty pretty basic for me anyway. That sounded fucking terrible. I don't want to do any of that work. It was, uh, I think, 102 wires in a harness, eight feet on each wire. So... (laughs) It sucked, I'm not going to lie, but <laughs> I guess it could have been worse. <laughs> that took up one of the six years right there in my book, man. Fuck that. that took wire. me three days. <laughs> three days. Oh, I wish. I couldn't solder that fast. Um, <laughs> how's the dash look? Because that's one thing is like as we get into the standalones, now we get into the interior of the truck. What would you do there? It's pretty basic uh, interior because by the time I got the interior, I was out of money but uh, <laughs> as far as the dash goes it's just a uh, set of altimeter muscle car gauges uh, electronic speedo you know all that shit and that's really about it I, I don't have any air conditioning nothing like that no heat no nothing in it yet did you yeah. have to like custom cut the dash or like buy one of the aftermarket dashboards to, to fit those gauges or are they just like pillar mounts or uh, gauges uh, I end up having to get uh, two rings laser cut because the freaking gauges I bought were too small and I didn't realize that for like a year two years <laughs> after I bought the damn gauges I couldn't, couldn't return them so we made them work and then uh, I haven't had CTS in there to, to monitor the rest of my stuff okay cool I like it sometimes that simplicity like you said too by the time you get to the interior you just want to drive the damn thing right yeah yeah I mean Christ, I was out driving around with some ratty ass seat that wouldn't even bolt it to the floor, no carpet. <laughs> just, just wanted to go have fun. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. Well, this thing looks absolutely tits. Now, where are you going to go from here with it? Uh, probably start doing a little more performance upgrade wise. Uh, I got to address some rear suspension issues. Once I started really turning it up a little bit, when I got away from the the basic PPE tuner that I robbed off of my other truck just to see what it would do. <laughs> Actually throwing a little bit of power to it. Um, it started wheel hopping and shit pretty bad. So yeah. I ran out of time to get my cow track bars ordered. So I threw a set of slapper bars on it for a big cruise down Ocean City, Maryland last weekend. So I need to get that rear suspension straightened out. And Other than that, just take it out and have fun with it. How'd that go? That's a pretty long trip for you, isn't it, out to Maryland? That, well, we're right on the Maryland line, so it's, oh, it's three, okay. about three hours from us. And I ended up trailering it down because, uh, like I said, we moved that firewall back nine inches, so it, it robbed a lot of a lot of floor space for me. Because <laughs> I, I wouldn't be able to walk if I had to drive it all the way down there. <laughs> awesome, man. Awesome. Uh, are you going to do another future project after this, get into another swap, or is this pretty much it for you? Yeah, I want to get another one. My wife wants a Jeep pretty bad, so 
I think once we get our house done that we're remodeling, I'm going to try to find an old Wrangler. And uh, another buddy of mine has a pretty good line on a little common rail, four-cylinder Cummins. So I think we're going to drop one of them in a Jeep for her. Dude, the new 2.8 liter repower platform, man. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. Hopefully, uh, hopefully she'll let me quit working on this damn house soon so I can do something else. <laughs> well, when you get done there, you can come over to mine. I got some extra work for you, too. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, dude, that 2.8 power, I don't know if you've looked at that at all. That that new common rail from Cummins, specifically designed to go into old Jeeps. Like, it's crazy you talk about that. I don't know if you've already been researching those, but... Uh, getting really excited. I was talking to the guys at Diesel Conversion Specialist and the guys over at Diesel Power Products. Uh, both of them have a couple different projects going on, looking at where these are going to be a few months down the road. It sounds like this is going to be a huge bang in the market. Yeah, it'd be awesome. Uh, we ran out the Shide last year. I uh, took the truck out. It was like my first big show. And uh, ran into a really cool guy out there. He had a, a Jeep that he was actually like a Cummins engineer, I think. But he had swapped one of them into it. Uh, I, I'm assuming it's the, the, the same 2.8. But that thing was freaking awesome. It was just super clean install. It was, it was badass. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. You know, we've always talked for years um, in this industry about, like, why doesn't why don't OEMs more closely tie into where the aftermarket world is at? You'd think it would be like that home run. And it seems like Cummins is finally tapping into that market of saying, like, you know what, guys? You wanted it. Here it is, man. Here's, like, this awesome little super fuel-efficient small diesel engine. You can rock crawl with it. You can drive it daily. You know what I mean? You can do all these things with it, and it also has a warranty. So you're not pulling fucking bread trucks apart trying to scrap parts. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Which that, that we, we've all been all. there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome, man. Well, I really appreciate you taking out some time for us today. Um, who would you like to give a shout-out to? Who was a big help on the truck? Uh, my biggest help on the truck was uh, Trent Young and the guys at Young's Farm Service Repair and Broke PA. Uh, I couldn't have done it without them. I mean, they found me this freaking motor for 400 bucks, and True. Score. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we pulled it apart, and it was beautiful inside. We're like, hell yeah, we're going to do it. So... Yeah, I, I couldn't have done it without them. I couldn't have done it without my wife, Christy Schultz, either. She's she's pretty awesome. So, <laughs> other than that, man, uh, a lot of help from my friends. Another one, Corey Weinmiller. I couldn't have. A lot of them late nights in the shop with him. And uh freaking glad to have him help me. Well, that's great, man. Like I said, Jeremy, I definitely appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, if there's anything we can help with, always feel free to reach out to us on Facebook. Listeners, make sure you hang out for the very end of the show. Producer Rich is going to put something funny, maybe, at the very end of all the commercials, and uh, you get to hear what stupid thing I said today. For today, this has been Paul Wilson. Thanks for listening. Calibrated Power Solutions, the leading North American developer of clean diesel power and home of DuramaxTuner.com, is the proud sponsor of the Diesel Performance Podcast. Calibrated Power develops emissions-equipped calibrations for a wide variety of diesel powertrains, including the Duramax, Cummins, Jeep, John Deere, and many more. For more information and the best customer service in the industry, check out CalibratedPower.com 
or call 815-568-7920. That's 815-568-7920. If you'd like to contact the Diesel Performance Podcast, send us a message through Facebook or email paul at duramaxtuner.com or chris at c-e-h-m-k-e at duramaxtuner.com. You can also reach him by phone. Chris's extension is 2121. Paul's is 2122. like why have a wife if there's nobody to bitch at me um